We have been around for almost 90 years. Blame on both sides. And not a sign of any slowing down. But you also had very fine people on both sides. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Knowledge is good. The founder of Faber College just isn't anywhere near Faber, Virginia. But is knowledge so good that it should be free? What would Senator Blutarski say? It's the University of Virginia and, and you know, the con- conflagration of our discussions yesterday over the, um, the issues in the Middle East certainly are understandable. Um, kept this from getting its air, so I want to get it out here now before we get going anywhere else borders and our borders, other countries' borders, FISA votes being hidden by impeachment, show pony votes, that kind of stuff. January 6th petition, should the president be, you know, liable for prosecution? You know, these are questions that I'm sure are going to consume some of our time. But under the claim that they have a massive endowment, and remember, size does matter in the university world, the University of Virginia has now said it is 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th grade, provided you're a resident of Virginia and your family makes less than a hundred grand a year if you're lucky enough to have both parents around. If you make less than fifty grand a year, um, not only will they cover that, they'll they'll feed you, they'll uh, get you toilet paper, housing, the whole bit. Nothing, nothing is as expensive. What is the expression? How does it work? Uh, nothing is as expensive until it's free. So, so the University of Virginia is claiming that this free schooling this this public schooling this this 13th 14th 15th and 16th grade that they've created for virginia citizens is a great gift from their massive endowment but that endowment only comes from the collections of the various taxpayers of the commonwealth of virginia these are great days if you teach ancient Mesopotamian history, or if you happen to be doing a social justice degree arc and you're the professor and you need to fill your classroom because useless degrees now have become so much more attainable for Virginia students. Many, many years ago, you may recall this documentary, if not uh, and I, I apologize, uh, I believe it was called The Parking Lot Movie. And it's uh, basically a documentary about all these 30- and 40-year-olds who never left UVA and you continue their lives as perpetual students, protecting themselves from ever having to enter the real world and sating their curiosity about the real world by working as attendants at the parking lot behind the shops on the corner. 
It's a wonderful documentary. It was recommended to me very early on in my life here, and they said, you need to see this movie if you want to understand Charlottesville. Well, those folks have now just had a great gift from Santa Claus. Santa Claus has given them a great gift because now they can continue their perpetual education for free for the most part. Of course, you have to fill out the forms and get approved by the University of Virginia. Diversity, equity, inclusiveness, of course, all will be factored in along with, you know, whether or not your family makes enough money uh, to qualify you for this free tuition, public school, all the way through a useless degree. Oh, no, I mean, the degree will you know, certainly look nice on your wall. What will it qualify you to do? Fill out forms correctly certainly is indicative of your ability to fill out forms correctly. Should college be free? Should you be able to just go to a college, fill out the requisite paperwork, and never have to pay a red cent for anything? And then what is exactly then the value of that collegiate degree? Discuss. 434-964-1075. all you got? What about Israel and Hamas, Joe? I understand. But, you know, the, the, the conflagration that consumed us in that yesterday, the burning bush that consumed us through that yesterday, um, left us a little time to discuss free college for all here at Faber College. Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Good morning, Joe. It's Chris. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you as well, sir. What's going on? Well, <clears throat> the uh, the thing that I've been uh, noticing, and I, I seem to have picked it up on, I can think it's on Facebook or something. Somebody was talking about uh, all these so-called protesters for Hamas and uh you know, it's big in the news because I think somebody that was the provost at UVA had to give up her presidency at Penn, Penn State or whatever it is. No, the University and, of Pennsylvania. Um, it's Ivy League school, too. And, uh, and, and they're all blaming Bob Good because he was mean to her. He was he asked her mean questions. Bob Good's fault. Bob Good, mean man, mean to Liz McGill. Yeah, by came, the way, she came from UVA. Right, she was so, a UVA uh, provost. By the by, the way, did you notice as an adjunct, Chris, to this Harvard's um, board of visitors, whatever the Harvard calls their board of visitors, said, "Oh no, we're not firing our president. She was great." Uh, so if you if you went to Harvard, um, which I believe actually is the 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 source material for Faber College, where knowledge is good. Um, since all the, the writers of National Lampoon's Animal House came from Harvard, um, you must be very proud this morning. Anyway, Chris, go ahead. I just wanted well, to stick that in there. That, uh, it, it's going to be a nice thing to see, uh, to see, um, those other two women step down. You know, they're, they're not, they're not the material that's needed to be president if they can't, uh, make a simple statement of morality. And, uh, you know, they don't deserve to be there. And I think the only reason they're there is because of a diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is something that shouldn't be in our culture at all. People should have rejected it a long time ago, and they should have uh, not let it grow to any anything but what it is now. It should not be influencing our children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shouldn't true. be brought up in public. 
I mean, the only reason I, I think it should be brought up in public is to get rid of it. It's, it's no good. It doesn't work. So uh, you get people in positions of power that don't know how to handle that power, and that can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing that that, uh, that there are still some Democrats, like uh, who's the guy that, uh, is it Dershowitz or whatever that, Oh, Alan Dershowitz. Oh, yeah. Who goes after goes after people? So he said. So this is what I picked up on Facebook. Uh, the people on these campuses in our country and the people around the world that are uh, that are protesting for Hamas and uh, showing their anti-Semitism, what they should be protesting is why why is Hamas occupying Gaza? That should be the real thing, because they are the oppressors. They are the ones that need to go. And that's what they, if they, these people had moral clarity, that's what they would be saying. What is Hamas doing on Gaza Strip? They shouldn't be there, because they've been subjecting their people. I mean, anybody who would use children as human shields, um, I don't think, uh, I, don't, I, I don't recognize their morality. I don't know. It's not some morality I'd mm-hmm. recognize at all. <laughs> and this, this, is, this is the kind of clarity that, that you don't get from diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's right. not something that's included. Easily, you know, they make absolutely. up their own morality, which is substandard, in my, in my opinion. Well, you can't make up your own morality. That's the thing. My allusion to the conflagration coming from a burning bush is pretty clear. You can't make up <laughs> your own morality and 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 that's the problem is that's we've gotten to this hubris point in human culture where we think we can make up our own morality and what it is predictably is just whatever makes me feel good at the moment and that's the debauchery that you see chris around us is this this morality of the moment I think I'm going to I'm going to make that phrase up right here it's the morality of the moment um it's uh, it's very Alinskyite it's very uh, marxist it's you know ends justify the means uh, Harry Reid Mitt Romney didn't win did he kind of stuff that's what this is all rooted in it's just get the result i want and what's happening to a lot of these left leftist groups and and Van Jones was on CNN yesterday talking about this. Uh, th- they have so been so busy chasing their populist tail for the last decade, two decades, Chris, that they have started to t- come back around and consume people that used to be on their side. Uh, the the women protected by Title IX and the Equal Rights Amendment are now being done in by men who want to play women's sports. The Jews, who have always been a reliable voting block for Democrats, are now being tossed aside uh, for a very small percentage of the population who are very activist uh, and have bombs. Uh, and and so, you know, what's happened is it's gone on so long that they have, as Niemöller predicted, begun, begun to consume their own supporters uh, in the process. And I'm not going to stop it. I think it's sad, but that's what populism does. Well, you know, um, I did you mention Van Jones' name? Yes, just now. Yeah, well, I mean, you know why you know why he had to step out of the uh, out of the Obama administration is because he was uh, he he he, uh, he played himself out of pocket in his comment about Republicans mm-hmm. and uh, showed his his uh, showed his uh, inability to uh, button his lip, 
you know <laughs> you get you get in the public sphere and, and you may have a, a total hatred and disdain toward a party but um you show your metal by buttoning your lip mm-hmm. and 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 speaking in a way speaking in a way that gets your point across but isn't crude and crass the way he did and that's why yeah. he lost power and that's the way it should be in this country. If you if you show the public that you cannot control your mouth, you don't deserve to be in, in any position of of, uh, of authority at all, in my opinion. Well, you certainly shouldn't have people following you, and that's on their choice. I mean, that's that's you know you you can say whatever you want. Most of us, you know, then it's on the rest of us to figure out whether you're full of excrement or not. Uh, but I need to run to a break here, my <laughs> friend. Uh, it's good to hear from you. Um, we have plenty of days left till uh, baby Jesus's birthday, so we'll probably hear from you again. But if I don't, Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too, man. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Inflation-proof listening. Too many families are struggling. Free of charge since we went on the air in 1933. I get it. Seville 107.5 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning joining us now from the 5th Congressional District headquarters. Uh, well, I don't know if he's in the district or he's in D.C. Uh, right now, but, boy, everyone uh, has been burning up the interwebs with the video of your uh, committee hearings with uh, the presidents of Harvard and Penn, uh, of course, former UVA provost Liz McGill, uh, blanching under your scrutiny there, Congressman Bob Good. Bob, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Joe. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, a lot of my listeners are just like, you know, and some of them don't get to see, you know, what's the phrase, in action uh, all the time, some of the committee hearings, but Take us into this because this has made national headlines. Uh, people have been, you know, and national hosts have been like, "How do I get in touch with Bob Good?" Uh, so that, uh, but uh, you, you, when you when you came up with your line of questioning uh, for these university presidents, uh, your, the the logic tree that you were working on is just so incontrovertible. Uh, talk about you know what your impressions were of it and and what went on before and after that as well. Well, thanks, Joe. You know, everybody, or most Americans anyway, just can't conceive of the anti-Semitism, the anti-Israeli sentiment, anti-Jewish sentiment, uh, the hate, the hatred, uh, that exists in a, just these small pockets, uh, around the country, uh, whether it's unfortunately and sadly on our college campuses where it's becoming more widespread, but, but relative to the larger population, a small number, or in our blue cities, uh, and these demonstrations condemning Israel and blaming Israel for the Hamas attacks and the terrorism that they are subjected to. You know, it's the only uh, seemingly ethnicity, uh, uh, religion, or uh, nationality, uh, or what have you, that, that, that is blamed uh, when, when they're victimized, when they're attacked, when they're brutalized, when they're terrorized, that somehow Israel or the Jews are responsible for what happens to them. And it's the number one hate crime in the country is directed towards Jews. It's anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic motivated hate crimes. And then you see this effort, as you know, from the Democrats, in some cases, uh, the left and and media allies of theirs, that as soon as you bring up anti-Semitism, they want to, oh, well, we're against all discrimination, all hatred, all bias, including Islamophobia, as if there is some... uh, you know, some um, mythical phantom, you know, 
movement of Islamophobia across the country, which we know does not exist. Mm -hmm. And so what we did in our Ed and Workforce Committee was we brought in, as you noted, these college presidents from some of the so-called elite universities in the country, Harvard, Penn, and MIT, and brought these presidents in to, to put them under under fire, if you will, to grill them on what they're allowing to happen on their campuses and why they're not confronting it and condemning it I know, uh, unequivocally and how they're, they're equivocating or uh, uh, conflating or equating, you know, mm-hmm. that there's some kind of you know, Islamophobia that's something like what's going on with yeah, the moral equivalency. So specific, yeah. Yes, exactly. So specifically, I asked uh, the, the president of Penn, question Harvard as well, the president of Penn and said, you know, has there been any large-scale gatherings or marches or demonstrations, you know, condemning Islam or Arab states or Muslims calling for their slaughter and their elimination? Has that ever happened on or near your campus, ever? And, of course, she had to acknowledge that has never happened. And I said, then why in the world are you dishonestly and immorally, you know, equating the two and suggesting Mm -hmm. that they both need to be condemned equally when one is essentially non-existent? Then the Harvard president got a chance to question her as well, and I said, you know, when it after it took you such a long time to come out and to finally kind of condemn anti-Semitism, along with condemning again all the other mythical, you know, movements in the country against other ethnic groups, uh, you had a hundred professors uh, of Harvard write a letter condemning you for condemning anti-Semitism. Why is this happening on your campus? Why do you have professors like this? Why is this mentality in your student body to the degree that it is? And so what we're trying to do is, is to expose what's happening on our campuses and to talk about, you know, should federal dollars be used, billions yeah. of dollars that go to these schools with their multi-billion dollar endowments to perpetuate this kind of a mindset. We also had a recent hearing, uh, excuse me, I was arguing on the floor, uh, for a bill that we're trying to get passed that would bring greater accountability and oversight and transparency to these schools that allow foreign entities to buy influence on our college campuses. So you've got Qatar and Saudi Arabia and China funneling you know millions of dollars to our universities to yeah. buy access to the campus and buy access to the influencers on the campus and the curriculum and all these kind of things. And so is it any wonder that our young people on these college campuses believe what they believe uh, funded to some degree by your tax dollars. Well, and we just had the story reported that uh, Ms. McGill lost $100 million after her visit to your committee uh, from at least one donor to Pennsylvania, the university who had uh, established an economics school um, and said, uh, that's it, and uh, pulled his $100 million uh, endowment from him. I guess that's what's going to have to happen because I think that the capitulation, the appeasement um, for these minority, you know, we're talking about, and we're a country that that wants the, the to protect the minority voice. That's that's one of the uh, underpinnings of the American voice. But you can't you can't call for violence against groups. I, I liked one of those. Uh, well, I, in specific, you can't make uh, you know a specific threat. Well, you, you're saying go find a, a Jewish kid and beat him up. Uh, because right. it's a battle that's that's inciting violence. We were told that here in Charlottesville in 2017, Bob. 
Joe Thomas in the morning at 434-964-1075. Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Johnny Reb. Hey, Johnny Reb. How are you doing this morning, sir? I hope you're staying it's been a while. Huh? I know you're usually out, out of doors with the dogs this hour of the morning. That must have been a brisk, uh, you know, uh, wake-up call. Oh, we're in. We're ready to eat and, you know, do our thing. Hey, it's been a while, but I've got to tell you, uh, I want to refer to your favorite environment, high-level academia. Okay. And the big question on the American landscape this week is, will the Harvard president survive? And I'm speaking as a guy, as you know, who has a Berkeley, Stanford, UVA academic background mm -hmm. in the past. So it's interesting for me to watch. The UPenn gal bailed, and it makes it very difficult to play the race card because the Harvard president is a double minority, female black, mm -hmm. and uh, has a haircut that would suggest something, but she is actually married in a heterosexual relationship to a, a happens to be a white husband. So they can't play the race card, and Harvard is divided right now. But since the U president bailed for the same reason, saying that genocide of Jews is contextual, and I did an oral history with the legendary survivor of Auschwitz, Irene Weiss, mm. and I was incarcerated in Syria as a suspected Israeli spy after the Cramp David Accords as well, I mentioned wow. a long time ago. So uh, I've got no issues with Judaism in Israel, but let's see if she makes it or not, because if she does survive, and the MIT professor is about to go down too, she happens to be white, uh, that will be an enormous statement of progressive power if the Harvard president makes it, but the other gals go down for saying the exact same thing. And the bottom line is, if you're a African-American university president saying that calls for genocide of Jews is contextual, let me ask you this. Were the assassinations of Medgar Evers and Martin Luther King, et cetera, in the 60s, also contextual mm. or were they just racial hatred yeah that's a you know and, but that's what i was saying earlier this is this is a a, a a political ideology that has chased its tail around so much it is now consuming itself yeah. it, it, you know, the, yep. the women who were protected by the era and title nine are now being tossed asunder for <laughs> biological males who want to play their sports and and the jews have been tossed off the bus in favor of the islamists and 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 this is this is what happens when you burn yourself at the crucible of populism uh, right is right wrong is wrong you don't have the right this is what consumed us yesterday you don't have a right to parasail into a concert and just start killing kids i don't care what you feel like your oppression status is uh you, you know you don't that have, happened yesterday no, no, well, that was yesterday's program was the cons uh, oh, the oh, conflagration yeah. okay. over, uh, you know, who's right and who's wrong and should, is this Israel's fault? Um, you know, that uh, all the dead Jews are apparently Israel's fault, uh, in, in many people's viewpoint. And it's just frustrating that, you know, it, there is, Chris said something earlier, simple statement on morality. Unfortunately, we've gotten so smart. Johnny, that, that I don't think we can have a simple statement of morality anymore. Uh, we, we, we feel like we can create our own. Right. And, and that's where let we me respond here. Uh, let's let's sit on the edge of our seats this week, because I want the uh, listenership to bear this in mind and take a look. 
A mere 17 years ago, the white male then Harvard president, Larry Summers, who went on for major uh, cabinet positions in the Obama administration, he was run out the door because Obama had asserted that, uh, this is just before Obama asserted this, but there was a major federal initiative towards STEM, you know, science, technology, math, and Harvard was addressing that in a conference saying, well, what are we going to do to get more female students pursuing the hard sciences? Right. And then President Larry Summers said, well, and he presented significant research showing, and I know as a neuropsychologist, this is true, that men tend to be better in math and science material. Women tend to be better in verbal and emotional material. But because he said that, and he suggested women had a relative deficit in this domain to men. Within nine months, he was gone. And that was simply for presenting scientific data counter to the progressive feminist movement. Now, if he was run out the door for that, and this gal sticks around now for suggesting that genocide of uh, Jews is contextual rather than utterly abhorrent, right. what does that tell you? Well, and, and I just read a story before we came on the air. There are members, I'm not sure what Harvard calls their board of visitors, but their board of trustees, I think, um, that has spoken off the record or anonymously to uh, Fox News saying that it doesn't look like she's going to be ousted by them. Now, she you know, that still, I guess, remains to be seen as to whether she falls on her sword uh, or not. But uh, it doesn't look like the... the Board of Trustees of Harvard are going to ask her to hand in her resignation. So that that much is certain. Yeah, they don't have the stones to do it simply because she's of color and a female. But it was no problem 17 years ago to boot a white male president out the door for the reasons said. So, so how much money That's does it cost? You know, because we saw, I think, almost immediately Penn lost a $100 million endowment from one of its main fundraisers. One guy, yeah. yeah one guy. Uh, and that Harvard is facing the same kind of thing. How, how long does Harvard keep its head in the sand, and how much money can it hemorrhage because that's really what this is going to wind up being about, Johnny. It's going to be about how much can you afford your endowment to deflate before, <laughs> exactly. before, you, know, before you take some action. Um, that's it. And, you know, Princeton exceeded Harvard about 10 years ago as the most endowed uh, school. And that's never never good around Cambridge. Financially, so, not yeah, biologically. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's right. Uh, anyway, so good to catch up with you, sir, and uh, and thank you for the insight on this. You're you're very yeah, well. Yeah, let's let's check that. in at week's end and see if she's still in the saddle. Okay, very good, sir. You have a great morning, and uh, and uh, after that, we'll wish you a merry Christmas. Thanks very much, buddy. All right, four three four nine six four one zero seven five. Yes, because as uh, learned by those Harvard graduates like Senator Blutarski, knowledge is good. Central Virginia's only radio station whose pumpkin pie scent comes from actual pumpkin pie. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. This case, I think we have to go all out. I think this situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. Joe Thomas in the morning.
Harvard. Let's do it. So, so because knowledge is good, we've been discussing you know this this pursuit of what Chris called earlier a simple statement on morality. Here's the latest, as I was mentioning with Johnny Reb in the last hour on uh, Harvard's participation in those hearings with Congressman Good, in which uh, my inbox, believe me, over the week, I said, why did Bob Good have to be so mean to Liz McGill? I like her. This is the problem. Is She lived here, and people know Liz McGill, so all of a sudden there was empathy. Didn't ask her a mean question. Said, why are you creating a moral equivalency between something that has just happened and something that hasn't existed ever? Jackman made that announcement about that development. No, hang on a second. Go back. You're jumping ahead here um, on the uh, statement. So uh, the, the story out of Harvard is that uh, Claudine Gay is expected to keep her job following her uh, statements or inability to make statements, I guess, in Congress. Uh, hedge fund manager Bill Ackman is pushing her to leave, but saying now she'll probably stay. Ackman made that announcement about that development on X. Citing a source he trusts, saying the governing boards decided not to terminate President Claudine Gay. This after more than 500 faculty members at Harvard signed a petition hoping to save her job. Now, this all originated when the presidents of Harvard, the University of Pennsylvania, and MIT did not give definitive yes or no answers when testifying last week. They were asked if calls for the genocide of Jews would violate their school's code of conduct. Penn's president, Liz McGill, has since resigned. However, a rabbi who used to belong to the Harvard Anti-Semitism Task Force says the problem goes well beyond just replacing one person. So let me ask you about democracy. You know, that thing that even James Carville doesn't understand? It is rant about Christian nationalism from just last week. Where he said, why, why? Speaker Johnson thinks democracy is two wolves and a sheep eating lunch. No, James, and you know better than that. You like to play uh, an Oki from Spinoki, but you know better. Democracy is two wolves and one sheep voting on what to have for lunch. So for every zealot that tells me that democracy is the greatest thing since sliced bread, I give you the situation we're in now, where it's it's open for voting, right and wrong. Should we go through the Ten Commandments and take a vote on, well, oh, you know, my neighbor's wife's kind of hot. Uh, I might vote in favor of coveting her. <laughs> this may be our consumption societally when they write our epitaph it will be in this morass of immorality our inability to know right from wrong to make the what chris called simple statement on morality as johnny reb pointed out calling it contextual Well, they didn't actually mean genocide. 
stuff like that. When our popularity industry began, and I'm not talking about media, media is already, but, but when TV and radio people became disproportionately important to the community, it was only a matter of time before things like YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and podcasting were invented so that people who didn't like their local radio show or TV show hosts or, or the comedy that was being portrayed on television could make their own. And social media was invented. Not only is it debasing you know, as we chase popularity, but then again, goodness gracious, I, I've been dispirited by an industry that can't do good versus bad decision-making simply because they're chasing popularity all the time. I've been doing this for 37 years. That's why I like hanging out with you, because generally speaking, for the most part, you're not in this industry. <sighs> I mean, if my only audience were other people in radio, what did Ricky Nelson say, I'd rather drive a truck? I have dear friends in radio, but man, we are, we are a shallow bunch. We chase popularity, and, and now society has become that. I said, this is 05, 06, is, you know, the message board communities were, were metastasizing. What, what is now Reddit and some of these other message boards, that was the only place for it at the time. And you had message boards that were dedicated to all sorts of various things, you know, southeastern Pennsylvania radio and things like that, and Pokemon, and, and you had these chat rooms who were just full of... My son, my son has a term for it. I guess it's a common term. I, I won't say it on the air because it involves a profanity that I guess we're still, you know, post-fairness doctrine we are allowed to say. There, there, there are people who work the Internet called excrement posters who, who get into these chat rooms where people are having these long, drawn-out conversations. They'll just go in there and say the most ridiculous damn thing they can think of and just stop the conversation cold in its tracks. I think the world needs more of these excrement posters who just walk into rooms and stop these conversations. Because the, the society is being torn apart in this, this zeal for popularity. Because we've become this social democracy where how many friends and followers you have on your Instagram account is is currency. And it's real. In, in China, it's part of your credit score. We have a Supreme Court case in New York right now where even judges in New York State are saying, yeah, requiring gun owners in New York file their social media accounts with law enforcement. It's stepping over the line. But so addicted to popularity we've become 
so hell-bent on being as and, and don't you remember high school? Are you old enough to remember high school where, you know, the sad kid who was always just trying to be popular and was usually the one that was being picked on by everyone else because they were, oh, well, all right, I'll tell you what, you can hang out with us if you go get us coffee. Well, this was, you know, you can hang out with us now if you're caller 10 and you win free concert tickets. And Facebook and Instagram is just a, a, an, a, an ever-evolving universe of Johnny Knoxville's and Bam Majera's doing their own version of Jackass. Another film I'm very well familiar with, having at least one family member having attended Westchester University in Pennsylvania. You think you think having Senator Blutarski as an alumni of your school is is a high watermark? Oh, this is where Johnny Knoxville and Bam Majera started, jackass. That's what society has become. This live action role playing jackass episode. Who can jump into a burning shopping cart and roll down the hill faster? So, of course, Harvard can't figure out what right and wrong is because they're still trying to do polling data on it. Quinnipiac University hasn't come out with a poll on what's right and wrong on this yet. Oh, I'm sure they're working on it. So, I'll tell you what, fun, fun, fun and frolic, 434-964-1075. Let's, let's vote on the, the Ten Commandments when we come back. What do you think? That, that could be fun. Trusting you to know information from disinformation. Promoted by self-interested and corrupt individuals. Without a government board. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning this Tuesday. So I was asked by email to clarify for some folks who might not have heard of Animal House. Mark says, Joe, just a quick primer for those who don't know why you're connecting Animal House, the movie, to Harvard. Fair enough. Fair cop. So uh, National Lampoon magazine. Back in the days, kids, years ago, we used to have this thing called satire. And, uh, generally, puffery would be met by satire. And, and many things in society could be held up to, at very least, satire, if not uh, out and out ridicule. And one of those places was in the halls of academia, uh, as it got puffier and puffier, things like the footlights in, 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 um, at Cambridge in England that gave you Monty Python and, and people like that, um, the, the Harvard Lampoon was a campus magazine at Harvard University. Uh, and then once they all graduated, they had to get real jobs, so they rebranded it National Lampoon magazine, and uh, thus uh, their first magnum opus was the 
semi-biopic of their time at Harvard became known in film as Animal House. And uh, quick note, also got an email asking who this Senator Blue Tarski was. Uh, Not to spoil the whole movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, but it is the punchline of the whole movie Animal House. The whole movie Animal House builds up to the statement, Senator and Mrs. Blue Tarski living very happily in Washington, D.C. Um. And, and like I said, this is back in the old days when people could be made fun of and didn't go and find a lawyer to sue you or a baseball bat to chase you down the street. Well, sometimes there was some chasing down the street. Um, but what we're in now is a, the post-comedic world where nobody can be made fun of because we're, we're all chasing our popularity. You can't be honest about anything anymore. You can't say, this is right, this is wrong. I suggested that, you know, perhaps, and uh, Frank writes in, Joe, we put the the Ten Commandments to a vote, and we took them off the school walls for that very reason. We've already run the commandments through a popularity test, and they lost. Did they? Or are we just back in a place where, you know, maybe, you know, we're realizing how how necessary they, you know, really are? Or as Niemöller's poem said, Martin Niemöller, Lutheran pastor, First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. He reiterates this at the uh, U.S., at the dedication of the U.S. Holocaust Museum, part of the permanent museum there. And that's what this, what's what we're watching. As I said earlier, this is the consumption of this popularity culture that has now reached the point where people that had been counted on to make the popular people popular are no longer needed, so they're being cast aside. Now, the, the secret of the big tent people, if they're smart, and, and part of parcel of why Donald Trump became president is he said, come on into the big tent, everyone. And a lot of people in the big tent went, whoa, are you letting all these people in here? Need to know what game is on tonight? Rashadi scores! Pitch, swing and a line drive deep down. Check out the full Seville sports schedule online at WCHV.com. <laughs>